Lots to break down in this health announcement that happened yesterday with Health Minister Adrian Dick. So let's get started with our Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. All right. So there's uh, there was more stuff here than I actually I was surprised by how much there was. Yeah, so the plan runs hmm, 84 pages, and there are 70 key actions uh, that must be done. Uh, There is no timetable for most of them, so it's what we call aspirational. It talks about what we're going to do. They're going to set up a new agency to oversee and coordinate all this, but it's not going to be easy to figure out like how we measure success, at least ways on the long-term stuff, because most of it, there are, you know, no actual numbers on that. I I thought the Green Party actually had a pretty good response. Uh, their executive summary from Sonia Furstenau was, good plan, if implemented. Yeah, okay, that's the key here. Because some of this is, you know, going to happen in the spring, and then even more so years from now. Yes. And so, I mean, there are some things that are going to happen in the short term. And on the news, they're talking about uh, getting pharmacists into the business of issuing and renewing prescriptions. Pharmacists have been asking for that for a while. That will take some pressure off the system, especially uh, people who, who've lost their family doctor through retirement of the doctor will be able to access that through pharmacies starting hmm, next month or uh, well, the month that starts tomorrow, October 22nd is the date. So that's a good move. Uh, first responders, paramedics will be able to do more, get more power. Again, something they've been asking for. So that's a good one. But an awful lot of these 70 actions, 70-point uh, actions that are set out, Simi, well, I've been covering bureaucracies a long time, and if you want to get the bureaucracy to do something, give them two or three priorities, not 70. Yeah, that's pretty ambitious there, too. So um, the idea that we're going to have more spaces for medical school students, that's been like, they've been asking for that for a long, long time. But is this enough? Is this what they asked for? Well, no. And, you know, the the history of doctor training in British Columbia And, you know, you tell people who haven't been around covering government for 40 years the way I have, they kind of look at you with disbelief. But we went through a long stretch where the theory about this was if you train more doctors, you just get more patients and more Medicare billings. So they rationed Medicare numbers. They didn't expand the medical school. And significant numbers of British Columbians, uh, if they wanted to get a medical degree, went off and got one somewhere else. When they got back to British Columbia, there were no residency uh, positions. So, well, John Horgan said it the other day, one of his cabinet ministers, uh, child uh, is a doctor practicing medicine in Saskatchewan because she couldn't get a position in B.C. So that's the history. The liberals did start expanding the medical schools and training more doctors. The New Democrats announced yesterday um, it's about a 14 percent increase in the number of doctors to be trained at UBC Medical School, Simi. It starts in the fall of 2023, so that's pretty quick. And uh, one of the footnotes on that was this maximizes the capacity of the UBC Medical School. So if that is going to expand any further... 
they first have to expand the capacity of the school. All right, well, then where are we with the SFU Medical School? That's been well, talked about for years. Yeah, thanks for reminding me of that one, Simi, because that one is a good example of what we call aspirational promises by government. So in the 2020 election, John Horgan announced that there was going to be a medical school at Simon Fraser University. You, you can't build one of those overnight, but it's not been on the fast track either. Just yesterday, they announced they're going to put a million and a half dollars into SFU to prepare a business plan for the school. So it will be some time before the school gets built, even longer before we start graduating doctors on a four-year schedule. So uh, aspirational, as Sonia Firstino said, great plan if and when it's implemented. And also it struck me that the one thing I didn't hear about is, you know, speeding up accreditation for foreign trained doctors. A lot of them who are from here, who are Canadian, who've just gone to medical school somewhere else. Yes, and he put put brackets, uh, quote marks around that foreign, because you're right. Uh, There are a significant number of young Canadians, young British Columbians who've gone and gotten themselves medical degrees. And, and, And one of the big obstacles to that is they want to come back here. They've got you know, the qualifications are, yeah. are, are really good, can't get a residency position. So one of the other good pieces of an, one of the good announcements yesterday is they're going to add 88 medical residency positions. So that's good. Some of those doctors will finally be able to come home and get their degree. But we've all heard the stories, which is, you know, uh, son or daughter went off, got a medical degree at yeah. like Trinity University in Dublin, which has been educating doctors since before British Canadian Columbia was doctors. a province. Yeah, Canadian and, doctors. Uh, but they've gone and practiced in the United States because they got tired of waiting to clear the paperwork. Exactly. There is an awful overlap of bureaucracy standing in the way of that. Federal, provincial, College of Physicians and Surgeons, and Simi, every time we bring this issue up, one of those organizations points fingers at the other one. They pass the buck around and around on this. And you know what's so sad about that, Vaughn, is that these kids who go off to these medical schools, and you're right, I know somebody at Trinity, uh, and I know somebody else that my daughter graduated with who's already a doctor because she went to St. Andrews, but she's practicing in the UK, full doctors. Yeah. They, don't, they don't need a residency spot. They just they want to come home and be family doctors. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, so they're, they're moving on it. But, you know, I mean, you, you can't solve that problem overnight, Simi, especially a problem that we created here ourselves over generations by the twisted view that more doctors just means bigger bills in the healthcare system, far better not to train them, um, and, uh, you know, let the waiting lists grow. But the recent stuff on the waiting list, Simi, overshadows the good news yesterday. The, The stuff now on cancer and radiology, these were areas where we used to lead. We are now trailing. This crisis keeps getting worse, not better, in spite of some of the good things the government's doing. And you know what? When you talk about waiting lists for cancer and for radiology, Vaughn, I mean, that that is to me just terrifying. Asking somebody to wait uh, to get your scan done to find out what kind of chemotherapy treatment you're going to get, I just don't, that's cruel. I find that cruel well, and unusual. But, but, Simi, look what the Court of Appeal in British Columbia said in throwing out Dr. Brian Day's latest legal action. They said 
people are going to suffer and die on our waiting lists. I'm not surprised the court rejected case, Dr. Day's case, but I am surprised that the judges admitted the consequences of the way we run our healthcare system, that people are on, on waiting lists are going to suffer and die. You do ask yourself from time to time, Simi, why do Canadians put up with this? Are they so proud of not having an American-style health care system that they can tolerate a system that rations access and where people, to quote the court, suffer and die? Oh, boy. Okay, so that we're going to continue to follow that story well into next week as well because there's a lot to break down on that, Vaughn. But also today, of course, being the National Truth uh, National Day of Truth and Reconciliation, I would imagine there's quite a few provincial events that are going on too. Yeah, there are. And, and just to go back to what we were talking about with this is plan announced yesterday, it, it is, as you say, big and runs 84 pages. One of the things that is in it is they incorporated the recommendations of the review of anti-Indigenous racism in the healthcare system, so the one that was done by Mary Ellen Turpelafont, they incorporated those recommendations into this plan. So a number of the items on the list uh, say just that, that uh, um, they will deal with that issue. So when we're training new doctors, when we're training um, new uh, medical professionals, when we regulate hospitals and expand the healthcare system, we will also be dealing with those recommendations. So in that sense, I mean, as I said, the plan is, is ambitious. It also, appropriately enough, given today, incorporates uh, the recommendations of the uh, Mary Ellen Triple Fond report from last year. Interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.